Hi guys, welcome to the MMA UK BJJ show. Uh, so today, joined by the man, Simon Squires. Uh, so Simon, as you're going to hear over the next uh, bit of time, it's uh, extensive knowledge in martial arts uh, through boxing, uh, through uh, MMA itself, through jiu-jitsu. Um, currently a brown belt, I believe, under Tom Barlow, yeah. And Chelsea yeah. Bainbridge donor. Um, so again, we'll hear a bit about the brown belt. Obviously, how all the kind of belts came about and stuff yeah. like that. So, Simon, absolute honour to have you on, sir. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on, SJ. No, definitely. So, big topic then. So, the big thing is as that's affecting everybody at the moment is obviously the lockdown. Okay. Um, so, I mean, coronavirus, as I said, unfortunately, it came. Um, and it's destroyed our industry um, in regards to um, the kind of fitness industry, martial arts and stuff like that. So, I mean, how's it, how's it affecting yourself, Simon? Um, we've been quite lucky because we sort of like, we had a rough idea it was going to happen like beginning of last year. You know, you saw what was happening in the other countries and we were like, okay, this is sort of like going to happen. And then all of a sudden, when it did happen, it's sort of like we only had like a couple of days' notice. So one of our instructors said, "Oh, let's do about Zoom classes." So the first thing we went on is, "Okay, let's get all our classes on Zoom or as much as we possibly can." Um, and then we just sort of like added from that. And then I've just added like a online BJJ website. So there's like about there's probably over sixty videos on there now. So it's just like it's all free for the members. They just click on, and it's just like drills on there that we've done that I filmed luckily before lockdown. So I sort of started having this in my mind, what I wanted to do. So I thought, yeah. hey, let's start filming it and start putting it on there. Then uh, John, the owner here, said that we've got Jen IT. You just send it to her. We can just create whatever you want. So I played about that through the first three or four weeks of lockdown, what I wanted, and sort of like sent a few of them over to like Tom Barlow and that, just to have a look at them, see what he thought of them. He said, yeah, that's great. Maybe change this or that or get a different microphone. And he was great with helping with, with it sort of thing. So, and then we just started filming it and then started uploading it really. So then we just had like maybe six or seven classes every day on the, um, on our Zoom like classes and that. So mm -hmm. it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you managed to keep something. Yeah, so yeah. We managed to keep that going. Online classes, Zoom classes. We didn't, then when we come out of lockdown, we had like a thing called hybrid classes. Mm -hmm. So you can either come to the gym and do them outside or you can do them at home as well. So we added that on there as well. And then obviously with us here, we've got like a big outdoor training area, which come in handy in the summer because obviously you can exercise outside up to eight people. So we ran like five or six classes a day up to like eight people outside. So we had that as well where a lot of gyms didn't don't have that. So we're yeah. quite lucky in where we are and what we've got really. So it wasn't too bad really. Yeah, and then one thing we were talking, about, and again, you've had on your Facebook earlier, um, I think it was yesterday, was the, yeah. the training app. So yeah. um, obviously we spoke a lot about, about that. So uh, what what's the app and how does that benefit your, your so, students? Yeah, so the app is like, it's a gym in your pocket, really. So all our disciplines are on there. So we've got fitness, boxing, MMA and BJJ. So all you can do is you go on to it. We do like a workout of a day as well. So every single day, a brand new workout gets uploaded that people can do at home or in the gym or when we get back to do the gym stuff and that. So you can do it in there. You just click and each um, discipline has its own like uh, set of things. So there'd be like a new technique on there every single day uploaded. There'd be a body weight workout up there and a gym workout up there. So that you can do with weights or without weights. And it just gives 
the members like something else extra to do. The other thing we want to do is add in like uh, live stream classes so that people can, for that, you need to pay like $12.99 a month for that app for the pro yeah. version of it. But our membership's so cheap at the moment anyway. So for like 12 quid, people most think, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get that anyway. So they can't get to the gym or they think they're going to miss a class. The class will get streamed live. They can join into it and they still feel they're part of the, the club sort of thing and they're still part of that like training sort of thing. And yeah. then you've got their own personal training diary. So what they're going to do is that oh, we're still like going through it this week, really, with it. So with the training diary, you, you log on, you give you like profile, your picture, put your name, your weight in, your age, and then you can put in what level you are. So whether you're an amateur boxer, a professional boxer, brown belt or purple belt BJJ or like a white or yellow belt in MMA sort of thing. So you can just put those in there. And then when you go to each class, what we're going to do is, so you go to each class, go to the timetable and you'll just scan your phone and yeah. just think you're in class and like that. And then we can track their progress all the time. And this app's quite good because I know some apps don't allow Apple. So if you've got yeah. an Apple phone, you can't do it. And to be fair, I think about 80% of people have an Apple phone or some sort of like iPhone or something or MacBook or something. Yeah. So I want, we wanted it set for like both so people didn't feel like, oh, it's just them and it's not us sort of thing. Yeah. So it just goes on that. And then each time we're just going to like really increase it a bit more. We're going to have like a food diary in there so people can put all their food diaries in there and see where they are. I've yeah. just filmed yesterday a new strength and conditioning program that's for um, the jiu-jitsu and MMA side of it. So it, more and more we get added to it all the time. I know mm -hmm. Tom's put quite a few of his bodyweight workouts in there as well. So that's on there as well. So there's lots lots on there and there's lots more coming on that one. So, yeah, really Definitely. good. So it sounds good. I mean, it's a good thing as well for for the coaches as well, like say yourself, to be able to monitor um, obviously your students' training records and stuff like that, especially when it comes to maybe things like um, potentially promotions or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing as well that's quite handy is that for our jiu-jitsu side of it, Tom's just released a blue belt and purple belt curriculum sort of thing. So what students should know if they're going for like a blue belt or their purple belt. So we've yeah. got that. So we've got that as well now, obviously being part of the affiliation with Tom. I know he's got plans in works for the black belt, uh, for the brown belt one as well. Mm -hmm. So same sort of thing, what you need to do. And, you know, not so much what you need to do, but what you should know. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's lots of stuff on, like for the blue belt, there's different pass, guard passes, um, guard, different guards you can work on, different takedowns, different submissions and that. And it's just basic. It would give our students something to look at by saying, this is what you need to do. This is what you've got to be able to do or, or even demonstrate. So if I say to the guys, okay, let's do this. We're going to do like single leg X to X guard. Can you demonstrate yeah. that well? And if they can, then you know they're at that level for being that sort of like blue belt, purple belt. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's good. I mean, anybody, I mean, that's the frustrating thing in jujitsu, especially is the belts. I mean, yeah. everybody wants the next belt, um, yeah. but a lot of people don't know what to do to get the next belt. So, yeah. so it's good. That obviously, was, you guys. Um, that was what Tom and Chelsea were saying. So I said, like, when they've done their seminars, they'd all say, what do you have to, and it was like, mm, just keep training. And it's like, and then we saw like some of the, one of the affiliations said to him, well, what about a structure about getting, you know, I could say to my students, this is like, the amount of years you should be training three times a week, four times a week. Uh, yeah. The basic stuff that you need to know for guard, guard passing, takedowns, and, that. and that's what they took on board and thought, okay, let's do that sort of thing. So they've already created that. They've 
got a beginner's BJJ um, curriculum, 16 weeks. Yeah. And then they've also done like an intensive beginner's course for four weeks. So it just gets brand new people into it. They haven't done jiu-jitsu just so they can just learn some basic like guard and guard passes really. Yeah. And I know there's like, uh, they. I know Tom's got in the works as well coming out probably within the next couple of months and a brand new no-gi curriculum. There's also two kids curriculum coming out like five to seven and then eight to 12 as well. So obviously yeah. being affiliated with that, we get all that as well, which is, you know, it's, it's great really for everything really. It's like everything's broken down these classes, you know, it's like, you can like it tells gives you lesson plans on it. It's like your warm up techniques, everything on there. It's everything you really need, really. So it's yeah. you know, there's a lot of work into it, which is great for us, really. Definitely, definitely. And that's something that you never seen because obviously you you've been around for a number of years. Um, yeah. I've been around for a number of years as well. And back when I first started, even about seven years ago, um, at that point, a lot of gyms wouldn't do something like this, um, or they wouldn't allow people would film anything in classes yeah. and stuff like that because obviously jujitsu everybody had this vision that it was secret what i'm teaching yeah. you is secret nobody yeah. nobody needs to know this um so i mean do you feel that now obviously with the kind of rise of social media obviously people using videos yeah. on youtube feel there's a little bit of um what do you say it's there's still some gyms around that are very conscientious about people just go into their gym just to try say like if one of the guys is like away working it's yeah. like oh, i'll go to that gym just do a bit of training it's it's not just that it's in karate as well because i've got yeah. some students do karate they so say you go to uh, if they're working away they go to like oh where's the nearest karate club go to go to that and they're like everyone's like looking at you you see it's like that scene out of like, rocky free where you yeah. see him and everybody's just staring at you like jesus yeah. it's, it's like and i still feel that's still about in some gyms so it's not as bad, but it's like, you know, here, you know, I don't care where you're from. If you want to come and train, come and train. It's The door's open for you guys. So that's yeah. what I want to sort of thing. And it's the way Tom and Chelsea are as well at their gym. You know, if you go there, come train. It's like some of their guys, their students are working up here sometimes. They said, send me a message, say, oh, I was like, we'll pop down and train. Yeah, of course it is. It's like, yeah, we're at the end of the day of it. It's what jiu-jitsu should be about, bringing the communities together and helping each other, really. Definitely, definitely. And for you then, so, I mean, where did, where did, because uh, as we said, you, you've yeah. trained in a number of different kind of martial arts. So where yeah. did it all begin for you? I would say when I was about 10 years old, I just started like being a normal rough kid, really sort of thing. It was like, I was pretty, very skinny for my age, very small. And I sort of got picked on, but I had that mentality like, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back, and I'm going to hit you back twice as hard, sort of thing. And it's like, and I was always fighting all the time, like probably every day after school. And then we put our arms around each other, give us a cuddle, and go and play football or something. It was like, I mean, mum and dad's next to me at the time said, he needs to get into boxing or doing something. He needs to, doing, you know, do something like aggression or something. Yeah. So then we looked at local boxing clubs, and at the time there was one in a little town called Abingdon Town, which is just by Oxford. Cool. and uh that took me there and it's just like stuck really for like onwards so i boxed from like 11 onwards started doing that for a little bit but then i was doing other stuff at school like uh rugby football yeah uh, athletics and stuff like that and i couldn't really do everything all at once so i done that for a little bit and then 
as you do, get to that like 15 years age or 16, and then you start meeting girls and going out with your friends. And, <laughs> and so I just stopped training for a little bit of time. And then, um, but like when I got to um, probably about 16, I thought, oh, let's start doing boxing. My dad said, well, you've got to pick one sport. You can't be good at everything. You know, just pick one, take your time, do your training, and then do that. So I went, okay, let's go with boxing. And then I was working at this company at a time, and there was a guy there that I sort of met called Tyrone Monam. I don't know if you recognize the name or anything, where his dad, Paddy, was great friends with Ahmed Ali and traveled around the world with him and stuff like that. And we were talking boxing and that, and Tyrone said, well, why don't you just come with me and you know, we do some training again, we do some running. My dad get you on the pads, and there's a and there's clubs gone back into it, like where it is in Avenue, and go back to there. So that's why, so, so from 16, really, that's when I started really getting back into the boxing and, and like training more for that sort of thing. So I sort of went into like, I won the uh, junior NABs uh, box for England. Uh, so just stuff like that, really. And it just got on and on and on. I sort of like went through, we have like seasons in amateur boxing. So some people don't realise that. So it goes from like probably September time till May time. And then I'd probably be boxing maybe Monday night, train Wednesday night, fight again Friday night. And yeah. it was like that all the time. But I was getting to the stage of I was like winning all the fights or knocking people out. And it's like I was going to shows all over the place and couldn't get any fights or anywhere. They said, no, your guy's too strong. And I was only fighting at like 59 kilos at the time. We yeah. traveled all the way. I remember traveling all the way to Gloucester, the other side of Gloucester. And um, about an hour and a half, two hours drive to snowing. Got there, oh no, you guys pulled out. And my dad was there at the time. He went, Well, who have we got from? So we've got this guy, I was 18. I said, We've got this other guy, he's 26. And the club went, No, he's too strong. You know, he's a full grown adult. But I went, No, no, we're not coming in for nothing. Let's put him in. So what's yeah. going to happen? We throw the towel in. But end up winning that fight anyway. So it's, it's, so we went into the amateur box for a bit. And then I sort of like got to the stage of, um, had a few injuries, serious injuries, really. And then I just thought, uh, I've just got to pack it in. So I've fractured my neck and my back a little bit. And um, I was in a neck brace and out of work for like four or five months. And I had to go physio for three months after that, just be able to walk properly. And yeah. you'd never be able to fight again. I was like, yeah, whatever. So I went back sparring and got caught with a big, heavy shot. And my neck and that all went all tingling. I went, I had a daughter at the time as well. She, she was only like two at the time. And I just thought, you know, it's not worth the risk anymore. Yeah. So I packed it all in. And then just after when I got into like late twenties, I thought, no, let's get started fighting again, really. So yeah. yeah, so that's how the boxing started, really. Yeah, yeah. So obviously boxing has a got quite a high level and then amateurs in. So obviously you mentioned there about boxing yeah. for England and stuff like that. So um I mean, how was that? I mean, fighting for your country. Uh yeah, it's good. It's like uh there was me and another guy from the same gym that we always went to the shows together and we both went to the home counties. We both went to the fought against Northern West counties and we both done that together really. So it's it was quite a good little level sort of thing. And it's it is really good, you know, just to say you've actually represented your country sort of thing. And it, even though it wasn't like an eye level event, we just got picked. Because the guys that went for the home counties also automatically just got picked for those sort of things. So maybe I was lucky in my weight division, you know, I was only like like fifty nine kilos. So, you know, maybe I was a bit lucky with that. But you know, so many other guys that were like, say, like hitting like the 70 kilos or 65 kilos, they had more people in that weight division. So it's obviously a bit harder for them. But 
no, it is really great feeling to be able to do that and get that high level sort of thing. So it's a lot of our training. It's like, you know, I see people now that like, it's like, oh, I need motivation. I need that. I was like, I, I was lucky. I never needed it. It's like I get up in the morning at half past five or five o'clock, whatever time it was. No one got me out of bed. No one did nothing. I looked out the window, stirring, raining, it's wet. Okay, let's go do my four-mile run. I do my four-mile run. And I did it so that it was in a, a set. Like, we lived in a little village at a time. So it was two miles to the church, two miles all the way back. So yeah. I knew that you get some people say, people say to me, why would you do that for? Why didn't you just go in a circle? And I'm like, yeah, but it's a mental thing. What do you mean? Well, I said, well, I could do that run. I could say to myself, oh, I'll sod this today. I'm, I'm turning back and going back. But I knew I had to get to that point. And I knew yeah. I had to come back. And then a the good thing about it is that my dad was dry, uh, working down the other end of the village at the time. So he would go past me in the mornings and shout out the window, pick their feet up, you little git, you know, get on board a little bit, you know what I mean? Being like, too slow at that. So he knew I was at certain points. But for motivation, I knew what I had to do. I knew what training I had to do. And that was it. It's like if I lost a fight, it's because he was better than me. It wasn't because my conditioning was rubbish. It wasn't because I wasn't fit enough. And it's like, when we done all the sparring at the club, the coach would say, who's done their road work? Everybody was like, yeah, we've done it, we've done it. Okay, let's spar. They're like, you haven't done it, you haven't done it, and you haven't done it. I can tell you haven't done it. Why lie for? It's like, get found out in that ring, one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the same with the jiu-jitsu mats, as you know. Yeah. I mean, jiu-jitsu, yeah. the mats never lie. The, no. the ring doesn't lie. The octagon doesn't lie. No. So, um, and that's a good thing. Fitness or stuff, you know what I mean? It's Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, that's a good thing about martial arts in general. Any any kind of combat sports. I mean, as you can't you can't you can't bullshit your way through yeah. combat sports. Um, I mean, as I said, uh, you you've got to put in the time. As you mentioned, you've got to yeah. get up in the morning and do that four mile run to the church and back and yeah. uh, and whatever it is you're doing. So um, it's like it's like you're uh, trying to say it's. You don't need motivation for it. You know you, you need to do it, so you've got to get up and do it. And if you get people trying to motivate you all the time to do it, you're in it for the wrong reasons, I think. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I do have bad days. I'm like, oh, I'm tired, I'm sore, I don't want to train. But once you've done that training session, you feel fantastic afterwards. And it's like you yeah. can't push people to do stuff. It's like uh, my youngest son, I was trying to get him into jiu-jitsu. He's like, not interested in that. Don't want to do it, Dad. Not interested. And he goes and does his football, and he loves his football. And it's yeah. like, you no, know, and it's like, I'm not going to push my kids to do something they don't want to do at the end of time. They've got to enjoy it and love it and want to do it because they want to do it, not because I'm pushing them that way. So, yeah. 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 I always say that to people as well. Uh, the biggest battle in training is getting to the gym. Once you yeah. get there, you're fine. You're training and stuff like that. But that's the biggest mind battle is getting yourself to yeah. the gym. If, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. feeling, look, I don't want to do this. And But, yeah, I mean, as soon as you get there, I see you you see the guys around you. And, yeah, I mean, everything's good. So Yeah, it is like that. It's like some, like some of my students, like, they text me and say, oh, I'm not coming to the gym today. I've had a bad day at work and family life and stuff. But I said, yeah, okay, fine. So next time I give them a ring. What are you doing today? Oh, nothing. I say, I'm free. Let's go down and do a little bit of a training session. They're like, you do that for me? I went, yeah, good. Come on, let's go. And it, yeah. My little kid, and they're like, because you're, you're, you're their coach, you're putting that little time out. They're like, do you want me to pay for that? I went, no, 
let's just go and train. Let's don't worry about it. Let's just do it. And they're like, the next time they're training, they're training sets. They're like, oh, wow, that was great. Thank you for that. I'm like really pleasant for that. So you have yeah. to pick stuff out a little bit as well for your students, I think. So Definitely. I used to do, um, obviously, my coach is Marcus Nardini. And what we used to do is, I'm the kind of joker of the gym. So I like to have a laugh and enjoy it. Obviously, do the training. But then obviously have a laugh at the same time. So I used to do uh, anybody who never came to the gym for a while, I would do a missing poster. Um, <laughs> put it on Facebook and be like, missing. If you could, if anybody finds them, return them back to the gym. And it used to get a laugh, but guys used to love it. And then whenever the poster went up, the people would be messaging me saying, Fuck, I thought it was me. I thought it was me. And I'm like, no, no, yours is coming. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just have that sort of like bit, that vibe in your gym sort of thing. You know, here we we have quite a lot of students and everybody gets on with everybody and everybody wants to help each other. And it's like, you what you know, when we're sparring, it is full on sparring. It's like people are trying to put you to sleep. People are trying to slam you to the walls and doors. And, but at the end of it, it's like, if there's like a, like a submission, like an earwork or an arm bar or some sort of lot like that, that can damage you. The guys just go bump, stop, put it back on and they go back to another position. You know, they don't really put it on or they look at you like that. It's like, Sometimes I catch people in an ear work, I just look at them and they're like, Yeah, you got me. This don't worry about it, let's go to the next bit. But yeah, so it seems like jokes that we're like a bit full on with it, but yeah. to a certain extent, well, beginners not, but mm. like the guys that are like blue bouts and purple bouts and want to compete. So, you know, we do go out on the sparring sessions, but it it's still like a nice way of doing it. And then at the end of it, we're all like lay on the floor, completely exhausted and like, oh God, what's going on? And then I say to everyone on a Sunday morning, we have like a, a comp class on a Sunday before yeah. like lockdown. And I said to guys, okay, at the end of the month, let's go out. We'll go for breakfast afterwards. They're like, yeah, we're breakfast. And the gym's packed on Sunday morning. Let's go for breakfast now. It's like, it's that nice little environment. You just get people in that train environment and yeah. team spirit. You know, guys love it. So it's really great. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's something I, uh, I see in a lot of gyms all over. Um, I see that team spirit, um, especially now. I mean, I see a lot of all gyms have kind of came together and uh, yeah. I see everybody's going through the same thing at the moment, unfortunately. So so you're seeing, you always seen that team spirit beforehand, whether you go to competitions and you would have like, the whole team or whoever turned up and yeah. they would all be there and one person would be on the mat and everybody would be around the mat, screaming yeah. them on and shouting them on. So... Because, like, when um, I went to, like, my MMA fights and stuff like that, I had I done them on my own. I had no coaches with me. Sometimes my mid, uh, like oldest son and that would come with me sort of thing. And then one of my friends or my, my son-in-law would come with me, and that would be it. It would be a lonely old place. And then I sort of, like, sw- switched over and went uh, – started training at Oxford, and then uh, Mark Weir was there training, coaching. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then I sort of, like, got in with Mark and started coaching and helping, and then we started fighting. And then – you go go to a, like a fight with like the old team behind you, and it's a total different atmosphere, yeah. total different yeah. feeling. You know, you go there to train together, you fight together. It's totally different. That's what I've got down here. I said, to you guys, I don't. Want you guys just go into a competition with just two of you. These are the list of competitions we've got coming up. Let's go as a team, sort of thing. So that's what we've got now. So I think we've got one. Uh, I think it's August. I think twenty first of August, All Stars in Coventry. So at the moment, I'm up to about 34 students that want to go. So, nice. so nice. it's a good little, uh, little turnout for them, guys. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. It's always good to having people. I, I've been the same as you. I mean, I've I've travelled to, to competitions and yeah. I've been the only me turned up with my backpack, my gear yeah. in the bag, ready to go. Um, yeah. 
won the competition, come home with a medal, um, <laughs> and you're a hero. And then at the same time, I've I've been to competitions where there's like 40 or 50 people at yeah. just a local competition uh, behind you, all screaming your name. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's it's always good. It's yeah, always good. Yeah, it's sort of thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Especially when you've you had three or four matches, and then you've got, oh, I've got another one, and they're all like, you know, calling your name out, shouting you, giving you a bit of encouragement. It gives that little bit of energy, I think. <laughs> it does, it does, it definitely does. So, as I said, I've definitely seen both sides as well. So, um, so what what was the uh, obviously you've boxing got your quite a serious injury, um, yeah. and then so what was your next step then? So, did you go into was it jujitsu? No, I, I started boxing again at the age of about 27, 28, and then yeah. I suffered a little bit of a minor brain injury something like that and then I just thought do I carry on or do I not carry on so I carried on for a little bit but then when you get to 30 years old the ABA don't allow you to fight anymore unless you have a medical yeah and then then you have to have a medical every year then from 30 to 35 which I passed I don't know how I passed it but I did but then once you get to 35 they don't allow you to fight anymore as an amateur level which yeah. is a bit of a shame really I think if um if you pass the medical and you're mm -hmm. medically fit they should allow you to fight really it's so that was the downside so then i thought okay what's next and i remember growing up looking at um ufc one ufc two with kem shamrock and all those guys and i'm thinking oh i'd love to do that like yeah. it was never in the uk sort of thing and then i thought okay so i started doing like a little bit of like a jack jick can do sort of thing which was wasn't really what I wanted to do, but it had, you know, your striking, your boxing, your kickboxing, and your grappling side of it. But it also had weapon side of it as well, which I didn't really get and I didn't really like it much. But it's mainly because I'm a left-handed person, I'm southpaw. Yeah. And then most people, when they coach you, it's like they do it right-handed side. And yeah. it's a totally different way of doing it. And I just didn't really enjoy it. And I had the same feeling when I was boxing. It's like they the when I was boxing like at 11 or 12, 13, they said, oh, let's go orthodox. So I'm like, yeah, but I'm left-handed. No, no, you're going orthodox. My dad went down there and went, no, he's left-handed. He fights left-handed and that's it. Yeah, but no, just because you can't be bothered to teach him, I don't care. I'm paying you the money, teach him what the right way to do it. So I ended up doing both really, left-handed and orthodox, so southpaw and orthodox, which is quite good. And then I thought, okay, let's try and look at some MMA stuff and that. And at the time there was, hardly any shows around so we're talking like 2007 <laughs> and trying to get a show or an amateur show and that it was pretty hard to do and then i managed to get in contact with james price from battle arena yeah yeah and managed to get onto his show which was really good it's like in a northampton nightclub sort of thing so that's how that sort of like come about it really so i thought what's the next step? i don't want to just sit at home and just not do nothing i want to I've been active all my life and I want to do it all the time. Even though like that, I was like, okay, let's just do some amateur fights and see how we got on with that. So I sort of went with that. I went over to different clubs and trained with Neil McLeod over at Owlsbury. You know, he's a CSW affiliation as well under Eric. Mm -hmm. And then sort of like, I sort of got, that's how I sort of got on with the, with Eric as well. So like CSW stuff and sort of doing that. And we went to Rick Young's Academy and we had like a coaching development course as well a couple of years ago, which is yeah. really good. And then you know, I just got into MMA like that. And then I remember Neil McLeod saying to me, I want to go pro or something. I'll do some professional fights. And I was like, oh, no, no way. He said, oh, you get paid a little bit of money and the rounds are five minutes. But yeah, elbows and knees, it's not that much different. Well, mm -hmm. like, well it's quite a lot of bit different. But he said, yeah, but technically wise, jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu and striking, striking. 
It's just yeah. the elbows and the knees were a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then at the time of that as well, because amateur shows, you could do, you couldn't elbow, but you could actually knee to the face. And it's mm-hmm. like, it was rules. Like one show would say you could, you could punch the body, you can knee to the body. And then some of them you could knee to the head as well. You just couldn't mm-hmm. elbow really. And then some had ground and pound, but no elbows. And it's like mix and match all over the place. But now it's like, this is what you, the amateur. This is the amateur rules, and this is what they are now. And they're on in all the shows now. Yeah. So they have a couple of amateur ones, like four or five. I decided to go professional on that sort of thing. So it wasn't the greatest decision I made, but <laughs> why not? Why not try it? It's like my first amateur uh, professional fight was for TKMMA British title against Matt Holland. Mm-hmm. So he was eleven and zero, and then my, I remember my jiu-jitsu coach at the time, Draz. Um, he was he was doing a jiu-jitsu coaching and that and he said to me oh I've just seen your poster for Matt Holland I went yeah 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 he said you agree to that I went yeah he said what'd you have for I went ah oh, be all right it's fine isn't it he's like oh my god but yeah. I lost that on points and I was a white belt at the time and he was a blue belt uh, yeah. so and a cave capel so it was just like well I lost on points it's like you know it's you know I'm not one of these people that take a fight just because I think I can win it or lose it it's yeah. like if 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 I if I've I go in there thinking I've got a good chance of winning it, but some some guys were like, I'm not taking that fight because I'm probably going to lose that fight. Who cares if you lose or whatever? What's going to happen to you? Nothing. You're probably going to learn from it and learn a bit of experience. Yeah. That's just where I was, really. So maybe I took something I shouldn't have done, but never mind. <laughs> it is what it is. It is. I mean, it's one of these things. I mean, as I said, you, you get a lot of people out there saying, oh, yeah, I'll fight anybody at any time, but. Yeah. There's, there's not that many people that would fight anybody at any time. So, no. um, it's a bit like that with the boxing and the UFC now, because the UFC, there's only one title for each weight division. Yeah. So if you want to be the champion, you've got to be that person. Where in boxing, there's a lot of politics at the moment. So you've got the WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, and it's like, you've got there's too many title outs yeah. in that weight division. And it's like, oh, I'll fight you, but you've got to come to my country, and then you've got to do that. And I want this amount of money, that amount of money. It's 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 crazy. It's like um, I don't know if you've seen now. I watched the uh, Lennox Lewis documentary, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he said that when he fought Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson got fifteen million. He got ten million. Don King got ten million. So how's that right? It's like <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's like not what it's crazy. Yeah. It's definitely big money. It's big money that, that people are making at it nowadays. Um, as I said, uh, it's crazy. I, I mean, even Conor McGregor, I mean, $100 million yeah. he got for fighting Mayweather. Never yeah. never boxed a, a round in his life. I do know. you know what I mean? So, gets $100 million quid. Because so. he's like, he talks his way into it. And it's, yeah. I think I just see on social media a couple of weeks ago that he sold his whiskey company now for $110 million. It's yeah. like... <laughs> He definitely yeah. make money. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a guy, I mean, yeah, 10 years ago, I mean, this guy was doing no nothing. <laughs> yeah, had no money. He was, yeah, claiming a gyro. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, as I said, now, obviously, he's worth, I don't know, maybe two, 200 million quid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, um, doesn't need a fight, but still, still puts in the graft, yeah. still comes out. Um, yeah. as I said, he, the um, mentality of some people, it's like, when you're comfortable and you're like, it's like George St. Pierre said, you know, like I was reading a bit what he was saying. It's like, you know, when you're millions of pounds in the bank, you've got silk sheets in your bed, beautiful wife next to you, loving home, family, kids. Yeah. Can you really motivate yourself to get out of bed and get punched and dragged to the floor and 
yeah. some people just can't do it no more once they've got that certain standard. So yeah. it is it is definitely a mental thing more than anything, and whether you can do it or not. But obviously, yeah. he still wants to do it, and why not? If you know, if he's hungry to do it, and wants to train with it. And make some more money, why not? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, he's making what 15, 20 million a fight in yeah. the UFC after pay per views and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's still, he's, he's still making some money. I mean, obviously, they mentioned that Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier had the chance to fight for the title, but yeah. rejected it to fight Conor McGregor again because he knows well, that's the money fight. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and Poirier's again at a point in his life where he he's, he's older. So, the title's maybe not the best. He's obviously got a kid and stuff like that. So the title really is not going to bring him any real yeah. money. Conor McGregor will. So. Yeah, sometimes it is a certain fight set. You know, it's fighters make fighters and stars yeah. make stars. And it's like that sort of thing. So I watched a little bit of um, Tyrone Woodley today. And it's like he got caught with that big hand. And then mm-hmm. he went down to the floor. And he obviously got caught with that bastard. But I'm thinking, why did he not defend it before he even got to that? It's like he just like... What am I doing here anymore? It's like yeah, yeah, some sort of thing. So yeah, it's one of those things, really. Definitely, definitely. And then for jujitsu, then. So I mean, what, what, when was it started? Jujitsu. Uh, you... Well, I started doing like the no gi grappling side of it with um, yeah. with Mark Weir when we were doing the MMA stuff. So yeah. which was really good. And it was like when I went to Oxford, it was like uh, he was coaching there. So he was coaching on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then every Friday, I'd drive down to Gloucester to do fight training. Mm-hmm. And there was me, there's only about 10 of us over there doing the MMA stuff. And then we started doing more of the ground stuff and that. And then I started like, like looking at jiu-jitsu and start doing it and that. And then we started like good, people said to me, oh, why don't you do a gi version? I was like, no, I can't be doing with any of that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're just going to tie me up left, right and center. And it's just like, yeah. not me. I've just always done no gi. And I, no, I'm not doing it. And then obviously... Drazar jiu-jitsu coach that was a, I think it was a blue bat at the time under Kev Capel at Aylesbury. He was coming over to teach one of our classes and that. And then I started getting into it a bit more and the gi stuff. And and I started finding it a little bit more interesting. And obviously Kev come over and taught sessions and stuff like that. And then it started like, I was like, okay, yeah, I can see the benefits of both now sort of thing. So it's like, and I tell my students now, if you need to do both, and I say, if you look around at all the great academies you know like tom does gi and no gi uh kev does gi no gi rogers does gi no gi gracie barry do the same i said you know those guys you need to do be doing both and i said the only way to look at it is if you can if someone's on your back in no gi and you can control them the right person when you're on top then in a gi it's going to be so much easier because you've got all the different leverages the powers and stuff like that and you haven't got like the sweatiness where you're slipping off yeah. And it's the same thing with uh, like a gi. If you can escape someone on your back in a gi, come no gi, it should be a piece of cake for you. You should be able to do it and have a cup of tea and a slice of cake at the same time sort of thing. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to say. And it's like I see a lot of guys that – well, not just guys, guys and females that are just concentrate on gi stuff. And then when you pull their grips off or, or don't let them grip anything, they're like, oh, what? They're like a fish out of water. They haven't got a clue what to do. They don't know how to control someone or how to grip them up or without yeah. look, the sleeves or collars. That you know, they're pretty stuck. And I've seen like some people that are quite higher level jiu-jitsu guys that just do that gi. But when you pull the grips off, they're a little bit stuck. What to do? And the vice versa. I've seen some guys that have done no gi and just done no gi. When they come to do gi, they're like, oh, not just sure on the grips and what to yeah. do. Yeah, you need to do both. And not only that as well, it's in no gear, there's only a certain amount of 
guard passes you can teach, only a certain amount of takedowns you can teach, and only a certain stuff you can do, like attacking in closed guard and stuff like that. Where yeah. if you do a gi session, there's everything. You know, you've got all your delavers, your worth reverse delay, you've got your worm guard, your reverse delay, worm guard, you've got all your lapel stuff, you know, your collars and sleeves and cross collar chokes, lapel chokes. It's, it opens up everything. So it gives you like so much more to learn and, and keep a bit more interested in that. I find that while I'm teaching no gear, I'm like, okay, we'll do this pass, that pass, this pass. And then it feels like after a while, you're sort of going back to it again, sort of thing, because there's only a certain amount of passes you can do and, and attacks you can do. And it's just like, it can be like that way. If you do like a geese, if you've got so much more you can do sort of thing, you've got a little more variety of it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And what do you now, what do you prefer now? Do you, you still a no gi guy? You prefer no uh, gi or? Because, um, so I'm 48 this year and then a lot of the guys in the gym are like in their, like, say like late 20s, early 30s and some are even younger than that. And it's like, I've got like a young lad, a lad called Eddie. He's only, um, he'd be 17 this year. So he got his blue belt for me, me and Tom that last year uh, when he was 16. And then uh, he's super athletic, doesn't stop. Typical young lad, he's like all over the place. I'm like, I'm just going to grab all of you. I'm just going to lie on you for five seconds and just see what you do that way. It's like a nightmare. It's like, car yeah. with insulting and everything. They're like, I'm just getting tired just watching you. It's like, <laughs> so I, I do prefer... I do prefer doing a bit of both. Yeah. But if I was a bit more honest, I was I definitely prefer teaching a gi session more than a no gi session, just because there's a lot more you can teach. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Definitely. That's something you mentioned about obviously the kid. Um a lot of kids nowadays, I mean, they're coming through and they're doing all the kind of fancy stuff. The yeah. new school of jujitsu. I mean, obviously the older guys, uh, even myself included, still do the, the fundamental old school jujitsu, so <laughs> we'll pass the same way. We'll, yeah. we'll, do you know what I mean? We'll, we'll get into side control. We'll go for similar um, submissions and things like that. Whereas the kids nowadays, I mean, they're doing as they cartwheel passes and they're bearing right. bow, they're yeah. inverting, and right. man, it's like, and like it's a joy young, to watch. Yeah, it's like my young, like Eddie, the young student. He like it goes like pull guard, he go Della Eva, and then he like sweep over and they're trying to invert underneath you. I'm like, I'm not having any of that. Get off of me. What are you doing? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, <laughs> we've got... All, but yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we've got a couple in there. I will jump. We've got a young kid, I mean, 18, uh, a rouge, um, and a rouge uh, blue belt. And I think he's been a blue belt again since he was about 16. And he's an absolute nightmare to roll with. I mean, even if you go to competitions and you'll be yeah. doing flying triangles and stuff like that, you, you'll be saying to him, right, Arouge, calm down, because he, he does, he gets excited. He gets excited <laughs> when he goes in, and you'll like, calm down, and you'll see him at the side of the mat like that, ready to go on, just trying to calm himself down, and then as soon as he goes in, man, that's it, it's on. Uh, so. It's great to see that. It's really good. It's like, it's like we're looking at it now, and I'm like, we were talking to like a couple of the other guys that like, there's a couple of guys similar age to me, or maybe a year or so younger. We're like, thank God we're getting to that age now, like it sort of thing. And it's like, because otherwise, what's it going to be like in another yeah. years? It's like, it's going to be an handful. Because at the moment, because he's only 16, he's not 17 until like June this year. Well, I'm just like, he's still like a young boy. He hasn't matured his body. And yeah. then we were saying to him, he's like, He's probably getting close to any six foot tall now. 
Uh, but he's quite lean and everything else. I said, what's it going to be like when he starts doing his proper strength training and starts feeling his yeah. body more? And he's got all that skill as well. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be there. <laughs> but it's good. I mean, it's certainly good for jiu-jitsu in the UK because I, I said a lot of these kids are going to come through and they're going to be potentially world champions. Um, I mean, you're going to have IBJJF champions. You're going to have um, Abu Dhabi pro champions. So um, they're going to be ADCCs or Nagas or wherever they go. Um, so potentially we're going to see yeah. a lot of world yeah. champions he's, coming through. Yeah, he's done quite a few. I think he's done 11 or 12 competitions and he's only come silver in one of them. So he's mm-hmm. done like British No Gear a couple of times, one gold there. Yeah. And I said to him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I've got this guy, but I beat him on points last time. I said, okay, let's try and submit him this time. So he yeah. submitted him by uh, an armbar or something, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, next time I want to submit him and take his back. He went, yeah, but I can do that. I said, yeah, don't. I want you to have variations of different submissions and work on different stuff. So if you feel it's not quite working out in that competition, you know, just keep going, keep going. You'll get it. And I want you to be like, I don't want people seeing you like, oh, you can just armbar. Armbar, armbar, armbar. Because you get people start to defend it. I want you to have that array of attacks that you can do all over the place. And he's like, uh, now I see what you're coming from now. So yeah. he's like listening. He's really good kid. He listens, takes it in. And he, he's like a sponge. He like soaks in face off and bang, there he goes. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. I mean, as yeah. some kids nowadays, I say, I say it'll be great when the competitions open back up because. Yeah. You're, we're going to get to see I'll say, a lot of these kids um, obviously having a year off to see exactly what they've been doing in that year. I mean, have they been training or have they been keeping up to date with maybe yeah. watching videos and stuff like that? So so it's, it's going to be great to see. It's great to see. So obviously, Eddie, definitely one to look out yeah. for. Um, so hopefully, it depends on where he goes, see, because obviously where he goes to university and stuff like that. But, you know, even yeah. if he leaves me and goes to university, I'll do my best to try and find a club for him that I feel that would be right for him and is right fitting and sort of thing like that. And just Definitely. And then I always say to him, you know, if you ever come back home, you know, come back down here, see us. And I just want him to progress all the time. Because when you get to that age, it's like, same as me, it's like you start getting girlfriends, going out with your mates, and then your training gets less and less and less. And, you know, yeah. you don't see him give all that up. He's worked so hard for, you know, over the last three or four years, so. Yeah, definitely. And then for you, I mean, you did uh, well. You've competed as did throughout. Yeah. I mean, any any kind of combat sport that you've ever done. So, in regards to jujitsu, what, what was the what was the first kind of competitions you were doing? Some ones called like Spartan No Geese. It's yeah. like most of the guys would do those that were um, just an MMA really. So when we didn't have any MMA fights, we'd do like look for some No Gee competitions and. Stuff like that. So I've done those. I've done like Southampton, Bournemouth, British Nogi. Um, what else have we done? Um, that's about it, really. Like the local ones like that. I sort yeah. of like, I want to get into, I've got my IBJF uh, membership as well. So I've had to sort out with Tom. So I've obviously got to renew that now because I've left it a after lockdown and that. So yeah. I want to be doing those. And I probably want to do the Worlds at one stage, maybe next year. So. Mm-hmm. I've got a guy that I, I train with here um, called Andy. Done the Worlds a couple of years ago and got seconds of brown belt. Yeah, so yeah. Helping me out a little bit with that. And obviously, I'll travel up to Tom and Charles's and probably get absolutely hammered by both of them. But it's so annoying. You spar with Tom and I know what he's going to do. I know he's going to go left hand collar. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop that. He said, That's your job to do that. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so quick. It's like, 
damn, I can't do anything about it. And he's just, yeah. So, but it just pushed me on to that next level. It's like, you know, it takes me like an hour and hour and 50 minutes to travel there. And it's like, I've always done it all my life, you know, where I've gone to Mark's place and traveled. You know, it's like sometimes I've, I've gone to work, left work, traveled all around to Gloucester, trained at Gloucester for the spa and come all the right way back, sat in the car. I'm like, I can't even get out of the car. And I've like, <laughs> opened the car door. My wife's like, what is wrong with you? Look at the state of you. I went, yeah, 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 I just want to sit down for a minute and cry. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh, no, definitely. I'm the same as you. I mean, my coach, Marcus Nardini, um, obviously from Brazil, came over, came over about, I think it was about 11, 12 years ago to Scotland um, and uh, obviously settled down here. And yeah, he's been a black belt for, I guess, about 14 or 15 years. Um, and obviously coming from Brazil, he trained under Amal Easton over in uh, Boulder, Colorado, which was a Hensel Gracie oh, black belt. Yeah. So he was always, I think his main training partner was like Elliot Marshall, MMA fighter. Yeah. And so when he came over, his, his game is exactly the same. I mean, you could be thinking, yeah, I've got him. I've got him, I'm going to pass his guard, and the next minute he's on top of you, and he's choking you and stuff like that, and you're like, how the fuck did that happen? And he's like, well, again, the same as you, I mean, he yeah. tells you, he'll tell you how to stop him. Yeah. So then, once you then learn how to stop him, he's doing something else. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good, it's, it's good to yeah. have somebody like that. Um, yeah. It's like, because I'm a lot bigger than Tom, you know, Tom's only like probably about 68 kilos. 66 maybe Charles is only probably late 50s if that yeah. and honestly it's like they give you such a hard time sparring it's like crazy it's, but that's why I sort of wanted to go with Tom and do the affiliation because I knew Chelsea was obviously she's trained with the Mendes brothers and then there was, yeah. you know, uh, Andre as well and then Keen as well so she's got that little bit that she's learned from there Tom's was under Brario so he's obviously got all that bit and it's like yeah. and it's good to have two black belts because obviously Tom pulls guard one way, Charles does it another way. Uh, Tom would do one thing and Charles do the other thing. And it's just like, because he says, what it is, is that Charles is quite a little bit more flexible than him. Mm-hmm. So Charles you say, well, you can do it this way, but then Tom shows this way. So you get, you're getting like two black belts really for the price of one sort of thing, really. Definitely. And it's like, if I'm ever stuck with anything or don't know anything or something, well, I can just message, you know, Tom and say, yeah, bang, that, that's what you want to do. And it's, even my fights, I've just recorded some like my sparring sessions in training and just sent it to him. And he's just done me a complete breakdown of that, that, that. Great. That needs to work on that, needs that. And it's like you don't see it until afterwards. So I want to get to that. I've told them I want to get to that same level with them. So when I'm get that black belt, I can break down everything. And I've started doing it all now. And it's, it's like I say to my uh, students now, put your toes on the mat. And they're like, what? I said, Toes on the mat. They're like, what do you mean? I said, look, side control. If my feet are flat, look how easy it is for you to move me. I put my toes on the mat like yeah. a sprinter. Now I'll try me. They're like, oh yeah, didn't know know that. I said, well now you do. And yeah. it's like, but even now, even as a brown belt, I still forget sometimes. I get like toes on the mat. I'm thinking toes on the mat, toes on the mat. It makes a lot, a lot of difference sort of thing on it. Or yeah. it's like, it's like before I was with them. It's like I didn't really know what. A, a leg drag was properly really. I'd never really been shown what that was. And it's like, they show me a different style of jiu-jitsu, what was about sort of thing. And it's like, you know, back control and mount control. And it's like stuff like that. It's, it's, it's just an old new level of jiu-jitsu really. And it's like, you can see it in my students now. They're like, 
getting more and more and more, you know, they're winning more and more, you know, tournaments and stuff like that. And it's it's really, really exciting. You know, I can't imagine what's going to be like in the next one or two years. You know, we've already got, they've already got like affiliations scattered all the around the country. And I think in about another three or four years and what they do, not just yeah. for the affiliations, but for everybody out there. It's like, you know, you look around at black belts, how many black belts have created a course, how to get your blue belt, how to get your purple belt. For, yeah. not for them but for everybody to use it's you know their curriculums that you know people to use it's there's not many people out there that have taken that time out to try and get everybody you know exactly the same as what they do it's still you yeah. know you look at some of the black belts you know how many have actually physically done it sort of thing you know yes yeah. there's not that many so you know they're, they're doing a lot of work and it's you know it's great to them really Definitely, definitely. And it's going to be good. I mean, as I mean, especially, I mean, the big thing was the app. I mean, see, when you were talking about the app, yeah. um, as I said, I, I don't, there, there may be other gyms that might do something similar, right? But when you were talking about going into complete training records and, as you mentioned, obviously, the fight records and stuff like yeah. that, and actually having a breakdown, this, say, well, yeah. on Monday you did this, Tuesday you did that. So, do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, and we have had like the food diaries in there as well. It's, yeah. It's, guys are ready. It's like, I wanted it to be, I saw like John, the owner is been fantastic since I've been, I've been here about two years. And when I first stepped into it and saw the place we had, it's like, we had like a, a cage and a quarter cage, we had a little bit of room. And then we had like a change room with showers and toilets. And behind the back of that, it was like an old style vintage boxing room, which is obviously where I am now. Yeah. And then, um, so I knew what I wanted when I stepped into the, stepped into it, when I took the job on, mm -hmm. I didn't really want to tell him, what I want, I didn't want him thinking, oh shit, I mean, what, what's going on here? What's this guy doing? So I mean, he's yeah. going to cost me a fortune. So <laughs> I thought I'd a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, but he's backed me 110%. It's like last summer, it was really warm in here, and it's like, okay, let's get some aircon units in. So, we, so we've got our gym fit now with aircon units, yeah. which many gyms have. Uh, then he knocked down the toilets and the changing rooms and the showers and extended the room again. And then he, we were speaking like probably not that long ago about extending the room again, just trying to get all the students in. It's mm -hmm. like crazy at the moment. It's so, um, so he said, Oh, let's knock the, like, the boxing room bit through that, that. So, as you can see here, we've knocked all this through as well, which yeah. is just being done. So, he's increased that as well. So, and then also new mats and new other stuff coming through. And it's, yeah. you know, he supported me 110%. I can't say anything from it. And then plans are is to move into a another building that's going to be like double this size again. So it's going to give us about 19,000 square foot of matted space. Nice. Yeah. What, what we need really is when I come two years ago, I probably had about 35, 36 students. Now I'm up to 78 students. Mm -hmm. so yeah. A big growth. Considering yeah. Three lockdowns and stuff. So yeah. It's it's really good. It's like all the guys enjoy their self. You know, we've got classes on now like three or four times. Well, we would have after lockdown, like three or four classes a day. And most of those classes have got a minimum of like 15 to 20 people. And even like at six o'clock in the morning, we have like at least, well, before the, this lockdown, we had like maybe probably an average of about 15 to 20 people in a, in a six o'clock morning session, which is yeah. quite good. So, it's just like if everybody turned up at once, there's no way I'd get them in here. Not a million units. Like, <laughs> I need like four of these rooms, really. Yeah. So, yeah. So John's great. The owner so support me 110%, and I wouldn't be able to do any of this without him and without the students, really. So, definitely. Great. 
I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, having having that support, having that support yeah. from John, as he did, uh, he's willing, obviously, you've got a vision and John's willing yeah. to go along with it and back you, yeah. as you said, 110%. So um, it's good to have that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, we're sort of like family anyway. So it's like, yeah. it's made me more determined to make sure that what I do is right. And it, yeah. I can see it. It's like, so when I come in, I had that vision where I wanted to be. And like people said to me, yeah, we must have had a, like a plan B or plan C. I went, no, I don't have plan B, plan C or nothing. I just, I know what I want and I, yeah. I, I, I get it. And that's all there is to it, really. It's like, if I start thinking, oh, if I don't have that, I can do this. And then it takes yeah. away from what you want to be doing in the first place. So yeah. I have that vision. I just like, that's what I want and that's what I'm going to do. And it's, it is, it is what it is, really, sort of thing. It's just, just going forward what you want and then just saying, Sean, a little bit, I want this, that, that. And I go, yeah, absolutely. I support you. And do yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, talking about your competitions, then. So, as they, you you've competed in a lot. Now, what what's your when you go into a competition? What's your mindset? Um, so whether it be obviously through boxing, yeah. MMA, and now jujitsu. So boxing, really, it's like I try to really play a little bit of mind games with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like what, and it's like. I tell my couple of my guys this before. I said we had this weigh-ins, right? Okay, so I just stripped off naked and walked up to the scales and just got on the scales. <laughs> the guy stripped me and went, "What the fuck is wrong with him?" You know what I, mean? yeah. I, I think about 17, 18, that one. And the yeah, coach yeah. Was like, it's not all there, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you know what I mean? So I try and get into their mind straight away, and it's like I have more. That was more for boxing than the MMA. The MMA sometimes I was a little bit chilled out a little bit. It's like. Um, I know you had Chris Fence on, didn't you, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. And he yeah. Hit my corner a couple of times from my MMA fights. And I'm like, let down, chill down in the dressing room. He went, you're fighting in a minute. I went, yeah, I'm cool, man. I'm chilled. He's like, oh, okay, that's your way of doing it. Carry on. It's like, yeah. I can do a bit. But to jiu-jitsu, I, I sort of like, I go a bit quiet a couple of days before sort of thing especially for the MMA sometimes I go a bit quiet and I and I get there to the mat so as soon as I get to like like when I did the British no gear I sort of like looked at the mats knew where I wanted to go knew where the toilets were knew where the warm-up area was so I had that all in my mind set where everything was yeah. and then it's a question of just like switching on sort of thing make sure you're there early some you know sometimes I'm like I get there and I'm thinking oh I got there too early but I'd rather get there too early so you've got time to prepare there's no point getting there like Sometimes, like you got, oh, you got, you're on in ten minutes. I'm like, geez, anything warmed up properly? Or yeah, like yeah. It's just getting that mindset. You know, I know where I need to go. I'm going to take him down. I'm going to get to the side. I'm going to get on top, and I'm going to stay on top. And it's that sort of main mindset I have. And it's like when I'm teaching my students now, it's like I would say eighty to eighty-five percent of the stuff I teach is all about passing the guard. Mm-hmm. Or some sort of guard stuff. I don't really teach them much escapes, which I've got that from Tom and Chelsea. Because yeah. their mindset is, if an eye-level black belt gets to your back or gets to mount, you're pretty much over. It's it's finished, you know what I mean? So you yeah. should be fighting like your life depends on it before they get to that position. And I'm like, yeah, I, know, I see what you mean. I had a real bad bit of, uh, for... That is like MMA. I'd always teach myself to go into bad positions and fight out of it. Yeah. And then Tom said, "You can't do that in jiu-jitsu. When you get to that high level, you won't get out of it." And that's yeah. And so I had to get that mindset out of my sort of like where I was sort of thing. So I tell you to the guys now, 
don't let people get to your back. Don't let people get to your mouth. I said, you need to like fight like your life seriously depends on that situation. Then when you're on top, get on top and stay on top sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a way of doing it. So I teach them to go through different guards. So, you know, so stuff in like you're pulling guard, close guard. Okay. If they start to stand up and break the guard, okay, you know they're going to break your guard, go to their leave guard. When they, go yeah. to, when they start passing that, go to spider guard. When they go start past that, go to lasso guard. When they go for that, go to De La Riva, reverse De La Riva, half guard, deep half guard. And then you each one of those steps, you're trying to get out of it and you're trying to look for sweeps and submissions all the time. And that's the mindset I've got into my guys now. So yeah. why, not just the adults, but also the kids as well. You know, yeah. like they're doing like overhead sweeps from spider guard. They're doing lasso stuff. So I'm sort of getting into that mindset now. It's like, this is where you're going to keep going forward. So yeah. it's good, yeah. yeah. Let's just have that mindset, really, of like what you yeah. want to do and where you want to go sort of thing. Definitely. I mean, I'm the same as you. I mean, as I said, uh, uh, when I first started competing, my I'd only ever trained to get the takedown, pass the guard, get in the side control, um, and then whether I go for a bread cutter choke or whether I go for Americana, Kimura, um, or something like that. Um, and that was my game plan. All the way, and I remember the first seven competitions, I won gold in all seven competitions, just doing that same thing, uh, just over and over and over again, from white belt into blue belt, and then um, then I came, I went to the World Masters. That was my first kind of defeat in my division, and that was the first time I'd seen wrestling, proper wrestling. Um, and I remember coming up against a big guy, big Michael Whelan, um, and he. Because I was smaller, I'm only, what, five feet four, five feet five. Um, everybody I'm fighting six feet tall plus. Um, so they, I knew they couldn't take me down. And if they did, they've done very well to get me down. So so every fight I went into, the majority of people, if I didn't get the takedown, the person I'm fighting nine out of ten times pulled guard. Um, whereas when I went to the World Masters, he didn't pull guard. Um he was trying to take down, take down. He kept going for the take down, and eventually um, he got me down. Um, but it was the first time I'd actually seen like proper wrestling. Um, yeah. So he'd done it. He'd uh, he'd done it since high school. He came in. Um, so it was the first time I'd seen that. But I said, mindset was exactly the same. Get on top and stay on top. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, what would I say? Dominance. Just have utter dominance over your opponent to the the point where they're like i can't do anything i can't do nothing at all so yeah. so that was always my yeah. game yeah so i always like try and go to the back it's like so if they're stronger than me which yeah really happen that often but if they are then they can't use that against me do you know what i mean it's like i'm going to make your life hell on that bottom yeah. side my hips and i'm going to put all my weight on you it's yeah. just yeah it's just like getting that because i've got quite um I think I've got about 15 or 16 Polish guys, students here, and their wrestling is like on a new level. I said, you must be doing this yeah. since you nappies. Do you know what I mean? It's like, they're people <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm lucky I've got thick flooring down here. It's like, but it's it's great because they all like help each other out and it's, it's you've got to have that mindset and that, I can tell you to the guys, we, I try to get them to work on like points. So I say to them, look, remember these points when you're sparring all the time. Say so you get about four points, you know, back four points. If you pass, it's two points, okay? If you sweep someone, it's the other points. And it's try and have that mindset in your bit where you want to go. So don't forget, if you go to side control, there's no points. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I said, neon belly would get your points. 
but then go to mount. If they go to mount, don't fight it. Let them turn, take their back. It's, think of those points that you want to get all the time. They're like, oh, okay, now we're sort of like working on the point system. And they're yeah. not like that. Well, when it comes to competitions, you know what the points are, you know where they go, and just work on those. Definitely, definitely. And then for you then, what, what, what's your vision for the future? For for you personally, Simon? Me, I want to, obviously, the black belt's looming sort of thing. So, obviously, whenever Tom and Chelsea says, I'm ready for that, then great. It's like, it's, I know if I get that black belt, I've earned it through blood, sweat and tears. And it's yeah. not like you've been here for six years, you've been a brown belt for five years, and then you've gone to see these amount of classes. So, there you go, there's your black belt. I, I don't want that. I want it so that I've earned it in, like, in not just in coaching, but know everything I, I need to know sort of thing. And and then then it's like being a white belt again. It's like start all over again sort of thing. It's like, you know, I remember Tom saying to me a few times, it's like he looked more as a black belt than what he did getting his, up to getting his black belt. So obviously for me, then the journey starts all over again. It's age is playing on my time. You know, my wife keeps saying to me now, Oh, you'd be 50 in a couple of years. I went, I don't care. I can still do all this. You know what I mean? I'm wrestling with the guys that are like 30 years old or, or 30, you know, 35, and I'm, and I'm still getting on top and I'm still beating them. But yeah. they don't, yeah, I can't get out of bed the next day properly. <laughs> so, it's, so that's what I want. I want to build. I want to, So when I do finish and leave, you know, sort of leave what I'm doing, I want it in there so that somebody else can take over and just put their little own little stamp on it, whether it would be one of my sons or whether it be somebody else, I don't know. It's just I yeah. want to compete still, and I feel that I can compete, whether it's the Worlds or Euros or anything like that. I do want to give those a shot, whether it's where I'm still a brown rat or whether I'll be a black rat, I don't I don't know, but I will still yeah. 100% train on that sort of thing like that. Mm. Uh, I've brought in a proper strength and conditioning coach, the guys from Gecko. So he's been helping me a lot now and i feel so much stronger and fitter than what i did back then i still i sort of like bulk up more so i'm around about 92 kilos at the moment so yeah. i want to drop the fat back down again but i know that i put all the extra muscle on and then he's been he's worked with the judo olympic team in 2012 so he knows and he's also a blue belt i think as well in jiu-jitsu so he knows all the stuff like that. So he's helped me massively with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like really, I just keep building the club up and then getting to the stage that we've got. I, the aim is I want to get 100 members in. That's my target. So 100 yeah. members that do jiu-jitsu or MMA. That's that's what I want over the next, over the rest of this year, I think. I'm not mm-hmm. far from it, but I'm, I'm getting close to it. Um, and then, then it'd be the next step sort of thing. So then obviously we're, moving into our new building and stuff like that. And our weight room would come over to here. It's just keep progressing, just having little set goals. Yeah. Passing those and then just looking at the next set of goals and then just resetting. I sort of like beginning of each year, I sort of sit down and think, okay, this is where I want to be in mm. like March time. This is where I want to be in June. This is where I want to be in September and October time. And just having those little goals. And if they don't work out, I just keep going all the time. No, yeah. I'll get there in the end. I, I know I will. So. Well, you know yourself. I mean, when the gyms eventually do fully open, you're going to get the, new members are going to come. As I yeah. said, uh, it's a it's a guaranteed. As I said, uh, a lot of people have done nothing for a year, so they're going yeah. to want to do something, whether it be obviously weights or fitness or 
martial arts, boxing, or whatever they want to do. So the members are going to come. Uh, the Worlds as well. I mean, the Worlds and the Euros, um, I mean, pff, unbelievable. I mean, Simon, when you go there, the atmosphere is unbelievable. I mean, you walk in and uh, especially the Euros. The Euros obviously being in Lisbon, it's about 40 quid, 40 quid return on a plane. Um, and if you get an Airbnb, you're maybe talking about 50 or 60 quid a day for an Airbnb, which a couple of days is not too bad. But right. the atmosphere, I mean, walking in, it's like, it's loud, so loud. You walk in, the noise is unbelievable. Everybody's banging and making hundreds of noise. Teams everywhere. And the big thing as well, I mean, anybody, like top-level jiu-jitsu guys, just wandering about. Um, like Ronaldo or Messi. You imagine right. Ronaldo or Messi just yeah. kicking about walking about among the fans and stuff like that. It's never going to happen, but obviously the Euros and the World Masters and stuff like that, the Worlds, yeah, unbelievable. But you'll enjoy it. I mean, as you'll do well. Um, you'll do really well at it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's just like I have to have things to, like, test myself a little bit. You know what I mean? I can't just be this – I don't want to be this person like, oh, I wish I'd done that. So yeah. I'm going to do it, and if, if it doesn't work out, I don't win anything, or I don't – get for, you know, gold or silver or bronze or whatever. So what? at least I've done it. I don't want to think to myself in four years' time, I wish I'd done that. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't want that question sort of thing. I want to just give everything I got. And then not like that as well, it comes as valuable experience for my students because I've been yeah. there and done it. It's like when they train, it's like I say to them, it's nothing that I wouldn't do myself that I'm asking you to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I say to them now, it's like, you know, they're, they're gassed, they're tired, they're after, you know, they've had our sparring sessions. So I said, I'm 47 years old. I'm doing it. I'm fighting with you guys. You know, if yeah. I can do it, you can do it, guys. Come on, let's just dig deep and get in there. And they, and they do. And they, I think they appreciate it, I think. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then in regards to contact, then, Simon. So, obviously, it's South, South Morton Boxing Club. Am I right? Am I saying that properly? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, South Morton Boxing Club. Um, we've got like a instagram page facebook page you know click on that we always put like daily posts up there workout stuff for that um obviously you can catch me on instagram as well so it's simon squire zero six um so i'm on that as well facebook as well simon squire so people if you want to just click and join sort of thing feel free definitely so obviously look out for that guy south morton boxing club on facebook and instagram simon as well i'd say simon does post regularly on facebook so i've noticed that so um, yeah, grief off out my door actually Dad, you know you've posted this amount of time since march i went i'm getting out there relax yeah. people want a bit of tear i want a bit of laugh want a bit of this I said, just leave it. She went, oh, dad, my friends are you now. I went, all right, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, listen, that's the way, I mean, certainly jujitsu and martial arts, I mean, that's the way everything's going now. Everything's done on social media. Um, So, yeah, I mean, definitely keep at the social. Don't listen to your daughter, Simon. She doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then final thing for you then, Simon. So, obviously, it's it's been a long journey. Okay, so far yeah. it's going to be an even longer one going forward. Um, so anybody over the years um, that you would like to thank for where you are now um, and any any wisdom that you've got for anybody wanting to either come into jiu-jitsu or that's moving up through the ranks at the moment? I would say, obviously, uh, I'd have to say thank you to like my jiu-jitsu coaches beforehand, you know, like Kev Capel, uh, Draz McCann, um, Obviously, Chris Fenson as well. 
So ultimately, he's out me through my jiu-jitsu stuff. He's also always got out of his time as well, Chris, as to come and corner me in my MMA fight. So I always appreciate that with him. You know, we've known each other for a long time. I've done the MMA at Oxford. He was doing the jiu-jitsu side in Oxford. Mm-hmm. So those. Um, obviously, all my family, students, you know, you know, without those, I wouldn't be able to do this. So, you know, they don't realise how grateful and thankful I am for them to be here and trust me and they keep uh, like teaching and coaching them. So yeah. without those, I wouldn't be here. Um, obviously, John, the owner, you know, without his backing and support, we wouldn't be here. Sorry. Um, my wife are putting up with all the crap I give her sometimes, sort of thing. <laughs> I do get moody. I do get fed up. I do get tired. And she's always been there and supported me. Yeah. Uh, and also Tom and Chelsea, you know, without them, and their support is absolute insane and immense. You know, I can't thank them both enough just not just for me but for my students and not just for affiliations but for everybody out there you know that you know tom puts posts on there of his solo drilling every sunday for everybody just on his youtube channel you know there's not many people that go out their way for everybody you know what i mean it's like you were saying you had this like i remember eric was saying when i was with eric carlson was saying he wanted to learn jiu-jitsu and it's like no i'm not teaching you because you're not a gracie he said i just want to learn from the best yeah, you still get that now, but you know Tom's like here, there, they he can help anybody out. You know him and Chelsea like super, super that. And then for wisdom, I would say if you want to do jiu-jitsu, one hundred percent do it because it's like you're getting a brand new family. If you see what I mean, it's an extended family. It's like it's unless you do it, you can't really explain what it is. It you know you get friend, you make new friends. Uh, you talk about different stuff. You go on there. We talk about our days at work, our family life. We laugh and joke about our kids and our families. And, you know, we sort of like laugh and joke. Oh, the wife's moaning because I've gone training. I'm like, yeah, I've got that as well. And it's like, you know what I mean? It, it is an extended family. It's it's nothing you would have in any other sport. But you sort of get it like MMA as well. It's like, you know, we go to different shows. You've, you've been in that cage with someone. You've actually knocked the crap out of each other. And then you see them at another show. You're like, yeah, cut it open. Yeah. yeah. It is a martial arts is a total new experience and different experiences. Unless you experience it yourself, it's hard to explain what it is. But if you want to do jitsu, go and do it because you will you will regret it if you don't do it. You'll like think, oh man, this is such a buzz doing this. You know what I mean? It's. I say to my wife about it. She's like, I'm not having anybody rolling over me. I'm not having sweat dripping on me. No way am I doing that. And some people do think like that, but. After after one class, they're like, "Man, that is buzzing! I'm really enjoying that. It's it's great." Definitely, go and try it out. It's one of these things, jujitsu. It's, uh, I mean, although you're doing it and you're working out, you don't feel like you're working out. Um, if no. you if you because obviously you're rolling about and stuff like that, and I say you're working different muscles. You're 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 sweating. You're you're. I mean, everything everything's working. Whereas in my head, I don't look at it as exercise, or I don't look at it as a workout. I just yeah. look like as I'm rolling about with whoever it is I'm rolling with. So yeah. that's the thing that gets me all the time. As I said, if if I went in and said, well, I need to go and do exercise for an hour, then in my mind I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm, do I want to go and do exercise for an hour? Whereas I can go and roll for two and three hours and be like, this is absolutely brilliant. So It is like a, it's a mental yeah. thing and it's also like a physical thing. You don't realise how much – it's like – Normally, when we're do- when I'm doing like a normal sparring session with the guys, I use this thing called a, a Whoop app. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone tries to got me onto that sort of thing, and it's like um, it gives you everything. It's like a normal sparring session for a 
an hour would burn me about 700 to 900 calories. Yeah. Like, how many workouts do you know that you could do that with burning that many calories? It's, it's insane. Definitely. Definitely. It's like you're always thinking with your mind, got to do this, got to do that. And we've got a thing now that's quite funny. It's called, um, called a dick move. It's like people like saying, oh, here comes a dick move, elbow to the side. It's like leaning over, elbows in the ribs. You're like, oh, you're doing a dick move on me. What is that for? It's yeah, like yeah. everybody's just laughing about it. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's the same. It's been an absolute honour chatting to you. As I said, yeah, uh, yeah. it's definitely. Um, I'm going to be once we get fully open. I'm, I'd say I'm going to be kind of hopefully taking the show on the road, going to different gyms and stuff like that. And so obviously, I definitely want to get down to you guys. As I say, yeah. the big thing as well. I mean, to see obviously the progress of the gym. Um, because obviously I seen some pictures of the way the gym is at the moment, and then obviously you're talking about uh, obviously going to be changing things up or things yeah. are in the process at the moment. Um, so it'll be good to get down and hopefully get some training with you guys. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so we've got like four four like separate gyms. So we've got like the Jitsu and MMA gym. Yeah, the back of that we've got like an old vintage boxing gym. So it's got like a little ring and the old style vintage uh, bags and that. Then yeah. the other side we've got like a full fitted weights room. Mm -hmm. And then by the side of that, we've got our outdoor training area. And then inside, we've got our other boxing ring, our bags, yeah. and all our cardio equipment. So, and then obviously, shower and uh, sauna and that as well down there. So, it's yeah. nice. It's really good. So, yeah, it's good. You're more than welcome to come down anytime you want. Perfect. Thank you very much, sir. Well, as I said, again, absolute honour to chat with you, Simon. Um, looking forward to hopefully we'll see each other um, on the road yeah. at competitions as well. So um, definitely the Euros and the World Masters, as I say, is definitely ones that I go to the Euros every year. Um, so, yeah, more than likely I'll definitely see you if you get your chance to get over yeah. there, Simon. Right. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. Thanks again, sir. Have a good one. All right. Take it easy.